Hello and welcome back to the Finding Your Feet podcast, a podcast show dedicated to helping you get closer to your true authentic self by helping you find your feet in life. Welcome back to the show, everyone. We have a guest today. This is a really, really incredible episode. We are joined by Karina Tala, and she is a healing coach who helps women heal their mental health. Meet yourself right here in the present moment. Accept where you're at. Love that version of you and heal. So you're not constantly running away from yourself because this is what society is doing. We are just constantly running, 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 running so far away from ourselves. But wherever you go, there you are. Her approach to healing is holistic, empowering and heart-led as she guides you through a journey of transformation to reclaim your power. Her methodology combines mind-body science of Ayurveda and trauma-informed inner child healing for a full holistic approach to healing, which is what we're all about on this show, we're all about a 360 approach to your well-being, bringing you tools, practices, theories, schools of thought, everything from all different angles that you can adopt them all and fully take care of yourself. So she empowers women to be their own best healer and to overcome blocks and limiting beliefs that are holding you back. She's really big on self-love, self-care, self-healing and self-discovery um, and guiding you inwards to become your higher self. So this episode, we just dive into all stuff like that. So trauma and how to heal your trauma and just a healing journey in general. One of the most profound things she actually said in the chat was that self-development and healing, they're like sisters, but they're actually separate things. So this is this obviously a self-development podcast, but this episode is going to give you like so much insight on like another layer of yourself that maybe, you know, needs to be tended to. And this episode might be the light bulb for you, but mm. it was emotional. I nearly cried so many times. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, she's absolutely the incredible woman. Yeah, absolutely incredible. Her journey as well is absolutely amazing and so, so touching. If anybody can do one thing today is to listen to this episode and just really listen to her words and the way they land for you because it's life-changing work. Yeah, and just a little trigger warning, there is some talk about domestic violence in the first part of the podcast. Um, not much, but just wanted to put that in there just in case there is anyone out there that is struggling with that at the minute, it might be slightly triggering for you. You will hear us speak a lot in this episode about the power of reaching out for help and assistance on your own self-development and healing journeys. So if you are in that place and you want a therapy online, then we are sponsored by a really, really incredible company called BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a professional, secure online counselling service, so you can get the professional support you need from a highly qualified licensed therapist from the comfort of your own home. So wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, BetterHelp services are available for you, and it's their mission to make therapy accessible for everyone, which is why they are significantly more affordable than traditional face-to-face therapy, and they are very kindly giving our listeners a 10% discount off your entire first month of therapy with BetterHelp. So to get this discount just go to link betterhelp.com forward slash finding your feet that's betterhelp.com forward slash find your feet we've left the link in the show notes just click through there you'll fill out a questionnaire which will take you about five minutes to fill out just then get a picture about who you are what are your needs what are you struggling with and they can match you up with the right therapist because they've got thousands of therapists on there with a huge range of expertise so whatever it is that you're struggling with at the minute there'll be someone on there that's perfectly trained and aligned to work with you and you can start your therapy journey in just 48 hours of signing up and start being seen by someone from the comfort of your own home. Yeah, so if you are ready to embark on your therapy journey, then we're going to leave the link in the show notes, but it's betterhelp.com forward slash find your feet. And if you do have any questions at all about therapy or best help, you can just come and chat to us on Instagram at find your feet podcast. 
But that's all for now. Let's jump into the episode with Karina. So we'd just like to welcome Karina to the podcast show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, ladies. Super excited to be here. (laughs) We're so excited to chat to you today because we just think your journey of transformation is absolutely incredible. And everything that you've been through and what's led you to, like the work you're doing now, this such powerful healing work with so many people. And just, yeah, you're incredible. So we can't wait to jump into the conversation with you today and talk about everything to do with healing and Ayurveda and everything. But we just wanted to start with you from the beginning because obviously you went through so much um, growing up and all of that um, trauma that you went through is what has brought you to be the person that you are now and the work that you're doing with other people and the healing that you are like creating for other women in the world um all stemmed from difficult experiences when you were growing up so we'd love mm-hmm. to hear some of, like about your childhood obviously I know there was so much that went on so please just share whatever you feel comfortable to share um because yeah it's an incredible story and it's obviously shaped who you are and allowed you to go to the depths of healing that you do now with your clients and all these amazing women in the world yeah well thank you for asking and I'm more than happy to share I think that's a really important part of healing is that it does get to a point in your journey where you are able to share your story and there's no fear anymore there's no shame and that's a real big part of trauma healing because when you have been through traumatic you know childhood even adulthood events the first thing that you'll meet at the door is shame to still keep it a secret not say anything hide it away so I'm more than happy to share now so I'll kind of wind it back I've had like a a long young life it's kind of hard to explain (laughs) so we'll just take it back to the beginning but how my story really started is yeah I was born into domestic violence really really severe so when my mum had me I was you know two weeks old when my dad started to show signs of his own poor mental health but really extreme so he was like schizophrenic massive depressive alcoholic you know just all the things we can imagine and that's when he started to become violent to my mom so if we start to understand trauma we start learning about something called the nervous system which is that part of your body that is in that either survival response or rest response and when we go through triggers in our nervous system from such a young age it really deeply impacts one's development like your brain function and your physical health as well so from that very beginning of my lifetime when he first started to you know be violent towards my mom he would try to attack her and I would be in her arms and he would miss her and get me instead as a tiny newborn baby. So I think I shared this before, but I have like on the back of my head, like his fist print literally on my skull. because your skull is still forming when you're a child. So the trauma actually started from there and it was, it was just so horrific. Like my earliest memories are just, you know, the violence, the abuse, like the pain, like bloody gory scenes of like of my mom of myself like things so horrific we would have the police around all the time I'd be taken away to like random houses just for the night while my mum was in hospital and I had no one literally no one I had to go through these events completely as this child that had to just survive and it's really really a terrifying incident and as I grew up to become more of a teenager was when it started to really impact how I felt well you become more aware and conscious because when you're a child you don't actually question anything so although I was growing up in this really traumatic abusive household it's just life and you just don't know any different and that's the thing that gets trauma quite disturbing is that you don't question your reality or think anything's wrong with it 
And this is why people go on to pass on intergenerational trauma is because we normalize abuse at that time until you go on a healing journey and start to actually learn that's not really that normal. So when we go through that level of trauma, we do develop PTSD, so post-traumatic stress disorder. This is usually only seen in adults. So it's something that if you go through childhood trauma, more likely your brain will start blocking it out. So you kind of live through your adult teenage years, not really remembering then you become an adult and you start getting PTSD. So that's often how it happens. But my case is quite unique and I've been to PTSD specialists myself and like we've never really heard of this before. But I already started developing PTSD at the age of six years old. And so I've not had to, I've not had a time in my life where I've been away from the trauma. I've lived and felt it every single day of my life. And it's really, really just interesting because I don't actually know how I made it this far I'm not gonna lie like I'm the woman I am today but there's so many points on my journey where I just wasn't meant to I'm very divinely protected I believe that so much now looking back on it but you know it's a case of from the age of six years old so when you get PTSD you're getting flashbacks your physical body you know getting symptoms and you have moments where you freeze so it first really started I remember I was at the dinner table and I was sat across from my mum when I'm like six years old and I was looking across at her and then suddenly her face just started changing and I could just see like just blood dripping down her face all the things I had seen and then her face would just switch back and I was like okay again I guess all kids just think like this and it was this constant cycle and I'd be walking down the road and my body would just freeze and I would just stop and it was just a trauma playing around you like a film like a carousel just going around you and then you'll snap back out of it and then you can carry on so the level that PTSD gets to is so severe. And I had that my whole life. Everywhere I went, it was just this constant living in this. But again, you don't really question it. So you know you don't, you know, you're not happy and you feel like you want to die all the time, but you're not questioning these things that are abnormal. So I didn't actually learn the term PTSD until I was like 20 or 21. But I've been living with it my whole entire life. So that takes us now to about being about 10, 11, 12, when I really started to decline in my mental health, because you start, you start questioning things. Suddenly you're being around, you know, different friendship groups and different environments, different people, and you're around people's houses, and you're like, oh, this is very different to what I'm experiencing or what I've experienced. And that then led into a real severe depression, you know, from a super young age. I remember I was already wanting to self-harm from like the age of nine, I said I first wanted to die when I was about 12 years old, like out loud, just screaming it. Like, again, you don't know, it's just coming out. It's all just these emotions and these trauma. So it kind of began then. And unfortunately, that time, you know, my mum really weren't that close. She had her own unresolved stuff, right? So I'm an only child as well. So I had to just kind of raise myself. Like, no one was ever really at home. I just had to defend literally for myself. So life was just constant survival mode. But what takes that place is just drugs. So Drugs came into my life at about 12, and that was just, that was filling the void of no self-love, of having no love in my life, and that is what drugs are, that's what drug addiction is, you know, it's literally from the lack of love that that human feels, and again, you don't know at the time, so that just carried on and on and on, it's just so many things, just so many moments of just deepest depressions, but not like, oh, I feel sad, I can't get out of bed. But there was one point where I didn't leave the house for three months and I kept myself in a dark room. I literally didn't see daylight. I didn't go to school. I didn't even hardly eat. I was literally just like locked away. And then you kind of emerge out again. So the darkness I have been in is unbelievable. Like so many stories, I probably couldn't even show on here. It just gets so, so crazy. 
So this is what allows me, like I said at the beginning, to do the work I do is because I literally understand the darkness, like the back of my hand, and that's what healing is. Healing is not self-development. They're two different fields, and we really need to understand this. Self-development is when we are, of course, focusing on our growth, becoming a better version of who we are, building goals, focused on the future. Healing is when we go in and we heal our wounds and our pains and our trauma. We have to go back to the past, just temporarily for reference, bring it back to the present, and then we heal it, and then we can move forward. So healing and self-development are kind of like sisters. They're also very different, so we need to understand that as well. But yeah, it really led me on that path to discovering this path of healing, not so lot later in life, when my physical body began to shut down. So that really was that kind of initiation that actually I can't do anything anymore. Like I couldn't eat, my I couldn't even use my fucking legs. Like everything just stopped. I literally reached the most severe burnout. And that's the universe was like, you've got to start healing now. Not the universe, you are the universe. It's your soul inside. That's the one that's creating the energy and attracting it. But yeah, so from then I discovered Ayurveda, holistic healing, inner child healing, which is really kind of the main foundation of my practice I do today. But yeah, it's been a long road and yeah, I'm probably about like eight, nine years into my healing now, started about 10 years ago, but it's still, you know, there's still wounds there and we love them and we hold them. And that's the thing with healing is that each wound has a spiral and you can go through one layer and then that heals and then the spiral go to the next layer and the next layer. So depending on how severe that trauma is, there may be a few layers you need to go through. And that's totally okay. But to be where I am today is just like absolutely mystical. Like <laughs> it really, really is. Honestly, most people I know from my past, they didn't fucking make it. You know, they actually didn't. They're still on drugs. They're on heroin. They're in prison, you know, whatever it is. So there was always this inner light within me that just said, just keep going, just keep going. Like this is all going to make sense one day. It doesn't now, but it will. It has to, you know. So yeah, kind of in a bit of a nutshell, but that kind of leads us a little bit to where we are today. Yeah, no, that's absolutely beautiful. Like the way you explain it is so profound because you can see you've been to such a dark place, but now you have such light energy and you share that with the world and you help people heal. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's honestly so, so touching. Um, But you said that there's so many things we want to dive in, but we could just start with, you said you discovered Ayurveda and that's when you started changing your life. Mm. For somebody listening, what is Ayurveda? Because my, I myself as well, I've heard of it many times, but I don't know much about it at all. What is Ayurveda and what um, did you do when you began healing on that journey? Like what were the first steps you took? Mm, really good question. So Ayurveda is the sister science of yoga. So if we've heard of yoga, Ayurveda is the science that goes with yoga. So Ayurveda is the science that looks at mind-body balance. So looking at how to keep your mind-body in balance through nutrition, lifestyle, and self-care. So if you have ever used an affirmation, said a mantra, practiced meditation, drunk or herbal tea, got a massage, you are practicing Ayurveda already. None of these are Western philosophies. And I think it's really important as Western people, we honor the, the heritages and the practices where we are taking these things from, these tools. They're not ours, they are from these ancient cultures that we are taking into our modern day and life. So all these beautiful things, this Ayurveda is coming from this beautiful science which originates from ancient India, 
over 5,000 years ago. So we're talking old, like super, super ancient. And this knowledge, this information was gifted to humanity as a way to keep humans in balance because they understood from a spiritual and a medical perspective that when we are a soul in this human body, getting a bit more spiritual now, is that the biggest fight you will ever have and learn how to heal is your mind. So Ayurveda teaches us how to keep our physical health and our mental health in balance with the deeper understanding that both are connected. Your mind and your body are connected. So when we are healing physical issues, physical trauma, 99% of the time that is rooted in your mental health and your emotional health, right? So Ayurveda teaches mind-body balance, your mind and body connected, keep your mental health in check, your physical health will stay in check. Keep your physical health in check, your mental health will stay in check as well. So these practices that kind of mentioned at the beginning are super, super simple. It's a way of eating and nutrition, nourishment, mindful eating. It's a way of self-care. So we have different practices in Ayurveda. One is called a dinacharya, which is your daily routine. So your morning rituals, your evening rituals, rituals throughout the day, the way you're thinking, breathing, speaking, every single tiny detail of a human's experience is taken into consideration. Understanding how delicate we truly are, how sensitive our subconscious minds are, what the, a human really needs to heal. So Ayurveda is like, it's the OG science of healing. Chinese medicine comes from Ayurveda. Tibetan medicine comes from Ayurveda. You know, even to a certain degree, Western does, because Western medicine is new. It is a baby science. Ayurveda is the first medical system on the earth ever. It's the oldest and the most advanced that it gets. So but natural healing, the whole other discussion in itself, doesn't make you billions, right? Pharmaceuticals do. So when we are learning natural healing, sometimes people use the word alternative, but it's not. It's original. You know, what's alternative is abusing ourselves and hurting ourselves and not knowing how to look after ourselves and not giving, not having this education available. And this is why I'm so passionate about what I do is I teach women these tools and these skills to have for the rest of their lives, to pass on to their children, to pass on to their friends, because we don't get given this in our society and our cultures. But there's also a real difference of why in the West we struggle so much with our mental health. And you know, when you go to places like India, they are so at peace and happy. I lived in the jungle for fuck's sake for three months studying this science. I've been there with the doctors. I've been there in these spaces. I've seen it firsthand and they understand the mind. They understand the body, they understand spirit, they understand energy, everything, how it works. So with that Ayurvedic medicine, it's actually super simple to apply. Learning it is not, the medical side is not, but how I teach it, I teach it in the most simple, broken down format so anyone can get it. And kind of, I'm like a translator of the science, if you like, to really break it down. When it came to my own journey, beginning to apply in my own life, I remember the first piece of advice my doctor said she was like, you need to start journaling. I was like, what the fuck are you on about? One, what is journaling? <laughs> Two, why would I do that? Three, do you know how much trauma I've been to? Writing a book is not going to do anything. How dare you insult me like this? I was just like, what is this? Like, by that point, I felt so, like, honestly, I don't like this word, but I did feel this at the time. I felt so hopeless. I have been in and out of the medical system for a decade. I would wait months and months to see psychologists, gastroenterologist, every specialist under the sun, everything. And no solution, not one. Here's just pop some more pills. Let's just numb you up for the rest of your life so you can't feel anything. 
that's the only solution I've ever met with. So when I speak from this side, it's I've been on both sides. I've been the patient, I've been the one suffering, I'm now on the one other side. So again, when this doctor said about the journaling, I was just like, this is just so simple, like, I don't get it. And then she started talking about the nutrition, like what are you eating? How are you living? What time are you going to sleep? What are your dreams like? What's your digestion like? How every single detail, she was looking at my freaking eyelashes, looking at my fingers. She was like, analyze everything, reading my body. And I've never seen anything like that in my life. And this is how profound Ayurveda is. So the protocol was, first all was journaling. It took me so long to get into it. Honestly, I had that journal just sat on my bedside table for so long, just staring at me. I was like, I don't know how to do this, how to start. Um, but then I read every day since. It's literally been 10 years. It was just the best thing that happened to me. And from there, we also started working with changing my diet. So your food intake affects your mental health completely. If you're trying to heal your mental health and you're not eating nutritional foods, this is no point you need to have a holistic view on true well-being and balance so we need we started looking at my diet my routine my lifestyle my self-care which I didn't know what any of that was I had no self-care all I'd known was self-harm all my life I was like what the hell is self-care what is self-love I'm not saying that word and I was just the most confused person on the planet really so it was about building this way of life that you actually start being kind to yourself, you're loving to yourself. They use this word sacred, which they see your body, your mind, body, and spirit as sacred, which means it should be treated as pure love, as safety, as compassion, kindness. Stop picking at your body, stop picking at all your flaws and your faults. You are, only one of you exists in the whole entire universe, and only one of you will ever exist. That is sacred. Stop comparing, stop judging, stop ridiculing and actually remember who you are and start treating yourself in that divine way. So I had to really start that journey. The herbal medicine was so important. And this is, again, what I prescribe to my clients to get them healing. You need to also heal the, the trauma that's happened in your brain, your nervous system, your neurons, everything that trauma directly impacts. So there's incredible herbal medicine, Ayurveda, that are directly used as nootropics and adaptogens as well, we hear the word. So they calm your nervous system, regulate your body, balance out everything going on in your, your brain and all your systems, rejuvenate your energy as well, get you healing. So there's a whole side of Ayurvedic medicine that focuses just on, on mental health, healing itself. So all of it, herbs, like I said, self-care, lifestyle, meditating for the first time, doing yoga for the first time, being connected to nature and start feeling life. Also about Ayurveda, it's like, please don't take life too seriously. You're here to have fun as well. Like, let's just remember, you know, you don't want to be suffering forever. <laughs> you're here to have fun. You're here to enjoy your fruits of your labor of healing. You don't want to be healing forever. You don't want to be in that, that realm forever. If you are forever, it's, it's, something's not working, right? I teach healing, but I'm not healing forever. That, that was a big chapter of my journey. I did not start practicing professionally until I knew I had healed so much deep inside me. I was ready to hold space for others. It's also a thing we see in the industry. Too many people jumping in too fucking prematurely and it's not safe. We need to make sure we heal ourselves as much as we can inside to then step into that role. So that's another thing they teach at the beginning of the journey that comes back to is that she said to me, you will help people one day. Everything you're doing now, Ayurveda, is for the purpose of dharma. So dharma is the Sanskrit word for your soul's purpose, your life purpose in this planet. And they believe in an Ayurvedic perspective that your soul goes through specific 
trauma, suffering, chaos, whatever it may be. It doesn't have to. Not all of our lives have been traumatized, and that's obviously a good thing. But whatever you have been through, your unique story is the exact message and medicine that you will then help other people with. So she planted that seed in our very first session. But just FYI, this is not happening for no reason. You will heal and you will help other people. So that is the power of Ayurveda. Pretty damn powerful. <laughs> wow. You're so like good at articulating like how to explain everything. We're just sat here like just taking it all in. Um yeah it's amazing so it's such like a 360 approach to your well-being it's considering everything which you know our minds and bodies are so connected and definitely in the western world it's it's not seen as that in especially western medicine so um it's important to think of yourself in that way but I'm just so like blown away by your story and I just want to say thank you as well for like what you were sharing right at the start of the podcast being vulnerable like that and sharing details of your trauma and like you said you can talk about it now because you've healed and that's the sign of healing is that you can Mm -hmm. share your story um eventually Um, but I just want to say thank you as well for just sharing uh, what you did because it's just you just blow me away how like your own journey is amazing but um I thought it was so interesting as well what you said about how self-development and healing different things Mm. never thought about like that Mm. but obviously it is um and how you know we're not meant to live our whole life healing so Mm. for someone that is you know feeling like they've got a lot of things that they need to heal or they're just embarking on a healing journey or maybe they're being pulled towards one it's it's like sort of the time or maybe they're further down along the line in it but you were saying you don't want to be healing forever what what kind of advice would you give for someone who because what you seem to have really done is yes you your experiences when you're younger and the trauma you went through is part of your story but it's not necessarily like your identity like you as in you're Mm. not that person like you live a very very different life and I think sometimes when you've gone through things um on whatever scale of you know like severity that is and you know they say like it's like small t like capital t trauma and like small t trauma but at the end of the day it still is trauma Mm -hmm. but how what would be your advice for someone that's maybe I don't know I I, struggling to disidentify like to to create space between them and like who they are as like a healed version and like and being able to move forward into the future as this new empowered version of themselves that has healed so that they're not as much I don't want to say the word victim mindset I'm not sure if that's the right word but just where they're struggling to kind of create that new identity and and make sure that they aren't spending their entire time of you know self-developing and it is just in healing and so that they can move move forward This is just such a beautiful question. Thank you so much for asking this because it's just so (laughs) important and just amazing. So absolutely. So there is a big part of when we have gone through trauma and it it does become your identity. It is because we have what we call our, our ego self, which is who our identity is allows you to have a name to say you live where you do to like the color blue you know to say the grass is green this is all ego belief and identity and story so it comes from the stories that we tell ourselves we do have two ego states one is called the wounded ego then one we have is our healthy integrated ego so before we embark on a healing journey we are living from our wounded ego which means we are in that fear addicted to our trauma and suffering we actually don't want to let it go and we feel stuck in there and it's all we are and we're not good enough, I'm unworthy, I'll never be successful, I'll never find the love of my life. You know, whatever stories we tell ourselves that put ourselves down. To get to that process of having a healthy, integrated ego, which is the belief system of 
I'm good enough. I am worthy. I can achieve what I want to do. You know, I am lovable. I'm here to make a difference. All these beautiful, amazing beliefs that we want to go to. There is a process in the middle and it's called inner child healing and reparenting. When we start tapping into this, I'll explain what it is in a minute because this is 90% of the work I do. I rated about 10. And this actually allows us to start separating from our trauma identity and allow us to rebuild a new identity as the truth of who we actually are because you are not your trauma. However, trauma believes, makes you believe that you are your trauma and you are your story and you are depression, you are anxiety, you'll never be good enough, you are the things that happen to you and the people that hurt you. But when we go through a process of inner child healing, which means through deep subconscious meditation, reprogramming, all the beautiful techniques I have in the toolkit, we're able to go into those traumatized parts, reparent them, heal them, love them, so you're no longer seeing the world through the lenses of a wounded child that is, is a victim, that is traumatized, that is their story because they never had another story. You get to now say, in this present moment, I'm actually the adult parent and the mother of that wounded inner child within me. I am no longer that child. Oh, if I'm not that child anymore, who am I? Creates new identity or transformations. That makes sense. So we're actually able to start yeah. separating ourselves from a traumatized version of who we are being an adult woman, seeing the, the world through the eyes of a six-year-old, which most people are, we're actually able to say, that is a part of me, but it's not who I am. I'm now an adult person, woman or man, in the present moment that gets to create and write a new story. My identity is no longer, again, that of the child, but of an adult who has choices, who has responsibilities, who has self-accountability to create a new path in life. So when we get so stuck to our stories, it's because there's a very wounded inner child inside that person that cannot let go because it's not been healed, it's not been validated, it's not been heard, seen or loved. So how can we? We hold on to our story until that part of us feels healed and loved and then it feels safe to let go. Because that part of you will constantly be seeking unconsciously from your awareness, healing through other people, through achievement, through excess, through maybe a partner, through objects, saying, saying this will make me now healed or loved or full. But actually we need to fill ourselves up our own self-love and healing. And then the stories are able, we're able to let them go. So in healing, we have a lot of what we call death and rebirth, which means you're constantly going through ego deaths, where a version of who you thought you were, your identity, your belief systems, your thoughts, they have to burn and, and die. And you have to allow a new version of yourself to be born. And then you'll go through that layer in the healing spiral. And then another version has to, you know, crumble apart. And then a new version of you comes through. And we just go through these multiple layers of death and rebirth to finally get to where you are. That takes courage. That takes surrender, faith, trust, every healing spiritual virtue on the planet. You have to be powerful enough to be brave. It's not about being fearless because we'll always have fear, but it's about being brave and saying, actually, for a temporary moment of discomfort, five minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, maybe a day of being in that pain, I will come out the other side and I'll be a different version of who I am. So it's kind of like, you know, those Russian dolls and you pull one back and then another one's there. There's little like, <laughs> that's honestly kind of what yeah. healing is. It's just like multiple Russian dolls. And then finally, <laughs> we get to the core of that Russian doll, which is what we call your higher self, which is your true self. So this is beyond ego now. This is the soul you came into this world with. It's, it's deeper than your personality. Your soul and the body is kind of like the SIM card in the phone, right? It's like got all your data, all your gifts, your purposes encoded in there, who you truly are. It will make you different from other people is your soul inside and not just conditioning, personality, etc. So 
Healing allows us to go from being our trauma identity to our true self, our higher self that is no longer attached to these labels of the past, but says, that's just part of my story. It's my spiritual training. It's my resilience. It's my life lessons. And you either sink or you swim. And you have to choose to swim, even when it gets hard. Because if you don't, we end up, you know, many years where I was in that drug addiction, in eating disorders, body dysmorphia, holding yourself back, playing small. And this applies to all trauma. You know what you said about the small T and, and big T? Absolutely. But everyone's trauma is relevant to them. And what may seem like a small T trauma to someone is a freaking huge big T trauma to another person. And that is valid. No trauma is less or more. My story is not worse than someone that had a heartbreak once at school and that's the biggest trauma they've ever been through. Mine's not worse than theirs because that trauma is valid to them. So that's also very important to understand as well is that it is labor, it is unique. So this is why healing as well is different to self-development. Self-development, you can take a tool and apply it over and over to the masses. But with healing, it needs sometimes a bit more of that bespoke personal touch because it's going deeper into your story. So again, with that being said, healing is, you have different stages of healing. I actually call it seasons of healing where when you first kind of embark on a healing journey, one may call it the dark night of the soul where you kind of hit that point where it's just like, I actually can't do this anymore. It's too much. You know, the pain is too much. I can't cope with myself or my life. You're struggling to cope with normal life. And then you start kind of going through a healing awakening. So we hear about spiritual awakenings, but it always starts with a healing awakening. You start questioning, okay, wait, who am I? What's my past? What are the things I've been through? You know, why am I here? Why do I believe this? Why are my family like that? Why are my peers like that? We start questioning everything. And we start questioning actually who we are really. You know, if we're in suffering and pain, why am I in the suffering and pain? What can I now do to heal it? So healing awakening then embarks on a chapter where I would class the beginning of a healing journey is about zero to three years. That's the very beginning of a healing journey. And that is the most intense. But it depends, again, the level of trauma you've been through. More severe, maybe about that time length. But then after that, it nurtures more into this more self-development. Like healing is a bit of a daily practice, but you kind of got those foundations now, you know how to love yourself, you're looking after yourself well, you're eating good, you know, and you're sleeping good, your relationships are healing around you, you're stepping onto your path and purpose, which is beautiful, so more self-development comes in, but healing itself is like, it's a big chapter, it doesn't mean those deeper wounds just suddenly disappear, you sometimes may be healing those for many years, but it's different, it's not this all-encompassing, I can't cope, it's, okay, I've got this now, I am that adult, I'm not that child, I can cope, so does that make sense? <laughs> Breaking that down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yes, completely. No, no, you explain it in such an incredible way. Like literally, I've had so many penny drop moments already in this. Yeah, interview. you're making me really emotional. My eyes yeah. have been watering throughout many things that you've been saying. I'm like, don't cry, don't cry. You're in the middle of a podcast. Oh, you can but cry. You're, what with you're me. saying you is out. just <laughs> yeah. what you're saying is like so empowering. I've never heard I think just you even explaining the process of healing and mm. um the the not identifying to with your traumas and becoming this new version of you like I said the, the higher self your true version of yourself is so I just think it's just even you explaining the process is so liberating for people and I think people will be listening right now and, and it will be like it's penny dropping for us it'll mm. be making sense for them and and I think you just uh, I don't even have words like it's just really <laughs> empowering a message and I think obviously because you've gone through such a deep layer of healing within your own life, you 
like can put yourself fully in those shoes to be able to explain things like this in such a clear articulate way that is just gonna because I think healing's confusing sometimes you don't even realize that it's a journey you need to go on and yeah. and the way you explain it it does it speaks to people's souls so um no, yeah it's so beautiful <laughs> we're like blown away um but as well so you spoke there about the inner child healing and me your inner child I I feel like this is like so relevant when it comes to healing like a lot of people will hear okay you need to meet in a child Mm-hmm. Um, but what would be your advice for someone that's heard this concept and has thought, oh, maybe I need to heal the trauma from my childhood. I need to meet my inner child, but I have no idea where to start. I feel really disconnected from my inner child and I feel really scared. Mm-hmm. What um, kind of emotions actually came up for you, maybe pulling on your own experience? Because if you can go and meet your inner child after what you've been through, I'm sure everyone listening knows they can go and meet them. And that's why it's so empowering to hear you speak. But what can somebody expect from starting that journey of meeting their inner child? And was there like any like tips or tools that you actually used to make sure you didn't scare away and avoid it and stay in that like fear and actually just meet her with compassion? Oh yeah, again, another amazing question. I love talking to you guys. It's just amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'll explain a little bit about that and then I'll explain why we do inner child healing and the science behind it as well. So it makes a bit more sense mm-hmm. from a rational perspective. So tips when working with the inner child honestly this is something that I do recommend you do with someone this is why I host like the inner child healing mm-hmm. circles and I hold those spaces even just one-to-ones because it's not like sitting down and, and doing a gratitude journal it's not like sitting down and doing guided meditation you you do need a specialist to guide you there I know the inner child oh my god process like just inside out and it's so profound that also your inner child inside of you knows who you're working with Right, so I've had sometimes, you know, clients that have worked with the inner child with me, the inner child is out there, you can see it, you're connecting to it, and they've worked with another practitioner, and the inner child is like hiding behind like a bench, like she can see it, she won't come out, she wants to clean up, you know, it's just this like specific thing of like, it's also the energy of that person behind, so make sure you're working with someone that you really trust, you feel really safe with, that you feel really connected with, and that you know they're a specialist in inner child healing as well, so I did train in inner child therapy, it is part of my not only personal experience, but also professional practice as well. It is something that when you're doing it, it can be emotional. Absolutely. And most of the time it is, of course, because for the first time you're actually seeing that part of you, you know, how I run it through is through a deep healing meditation. So I, I call something the healing garden. So I guide you into your subconscious. We create a safe, nurturing environment for your inner child to feel safe enough to come through and meet you. So you can almost imagine that you're in this beautiful garden and you're standing there as your adult self and your inner child is standing in front of you. But like any relationship, it takes time to build a relationship with your inner child. They don't trust you at first sometimes because they've been neglected their whole life by you. Most most of the time, especially when through trauma, you don't want to go there, you abuse them with your words in your head, the way you treat yourself, you know, the things you do. So it takes a gentle, gentle relationship building. But after that initial maybe sadness we can feel guilt can come up as well we think oh my god this part of me like she, I didn't even know she was there and now she is and it can come up with mixed emotions it's very temporary when you go through that first hurdle of tears or guilt or sadness what you are met with is just actual euphoria so it's actually not joy it's beyond joy it's euphoria from your soul of this connection it's like you're plugged back in to your power, to your higher self, your true self again, and you are literally at home with this inner part of you. And when we have that inner child healing, that self-love cup we always talk about, 
it gets full when we're doing inner child healing work but from the deepest part of who you are like you will experience sensations in your body you've never felt before you didn't know existed you will feel things you will see her connecting with you so first step work with a professional so you know it's doing in the right way possible and you don't end up with someone that maybe doesn't do it right you get scared and never want to go back again so do your due diligence on who you work with second step you can all just start today by actually getting a photo of your inner child putting it in a really beautiful frame and putting that photo frame on a bedside table or a dressing table somewhere you see first thing in the morning and you can actually say to my inner child you're looking at this photo I love you I accept you I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful for you. Just say some loving words to your inner child because that part of you is hearing everything. She hears every time you put yourself down and she hears every time that you love yourself. So also as well, do a little little test with yourself. When you find yourself in a negative thought pattern or negative spiral, stop yourself, say stop. Would I say this to my five-year-old self if she was standing in front of me? And if the answer is no, you want to transform that thought or that belief and reframe it. Okay, what would you tell her? You know, for example, you want to do something, you're thinking, God, I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Would you say that to that little girl in front of you? Would you say, you're not good enough. You can't do this. Don't even think you can be anything in this world. You would never, right? You would never say that to other children in your life, maybe nieces, nephews, but we do it to ourselves all the time. So this is why healing can sometimes be a bit confronting. So we've got to realize that, then also remember the power self-forgiveness and compassion we only do what we know until we learn something new and something better so we never ever regret the way we treated ourselves ever i've done some crazy fucking things on my journey i don't regret one i don't regret (laughs) any of the times you know i acted up or i was horrible to myself I, i don't how could i i would never be that unforgiving to my past self who was doing the best that she could so inner child is not about putting ourselves down or feeling guilt it's about saying cool, I've got new tools and I can do something differently now. So get that beautiful photo, speak to your inner child, ask your inner child, you know, what what song do you want to listen to? Spice Girls may come through, you know, something fun, you know, that you love when you're part <laughs> Ask her when you're out on the walk, you know, in your mind to say to my inner child, would you like to pick a flower? Would you like to walk over to the sunset? Would you like me to rest for five minutes? Because I've been pushing myself all day. Do you want me to go to bed earlier tonight? You know, all these little things. And we start hearing that inner voice of our inner child. And it's from a deeper, deeper part of you. And you feel it. And it's just the most sensational thing in the world. And then everything you do, you're really sharp with your inner child. Also when you get triggered. So when we experience triggers from maybe people, our partners, our friends, wherever it may be, it's not your adult self that has been triggered. It's that little child within you. And in that moment, that person that's triggering you is not that person. It's actually the first person that ever hurt you. And that fear is coming up. And that goes on to the next part I wanted to explain about the inner child and our mind and the subconscious. So we have two parts of our mind. We've got our conscious mind, which is 5% of everything we use every day. We then have the subconscious mind, which is 95% of all our beliefs, thoughts, emotions, and behavior. So as we can see, 5% is absolutely not a lot. And the subconscious (laughs) is everything. So your subconscious mind is completely formed by the age of seven years old. So the reason that we are doing the inner child healing work is because healing happens in the subconscious mind. Subconscious formed by the age of seven. Being generous, 14 years old. 
So any of the belief systems, the thoughts, the experiences you've had are actually creating the subconscious brain, 95% of your daily use that you'll have for the rest of your life. That's a big, big thing. Until we go on a healing journey and we're going to change it. Or self-development as well, because you can access the subconscious too. So this is why we do this work. It is so much more than just seeing the inner child. You're actually reprogramming, restructuring your brain, the neural pathways in your brain that attach to, again, your stories, your belief systems, your thoughts, and creating a whole new version of you. So it's just so powerful because when you start understanding this, you learn awareness. When you see someone acting up, you see the inner child in them. When you are acting up, you see the inner child within you. You see it in your family members. You see it in the people that you think are unconscious or causing destruction. That's just a child in there that is needing that love and that care. So it also expands your energy, your awareness to have a whole nother level of compassion for ourselves, for the people around you, for the greater good, right? Collective pain and the destruction we see going on the planet is a so many wounded inner children that never got loved and the pain comes out. I know it gets kind of dark, but even from inner child therapy trainings, teaching say the reason that Hitler did what he did is because he hated his parents and he got abused as a child and that was his way of taking out his inner child pain this is what we learn in inner child therapy studies now that is just the magnitude of what can happen when there is a wounded inner child in a person so this is why it's so important on the healing journey my step one on healing my methodology I've got three steps the first one is self-care lifestyle routine rituals lay your foundations step two is inner child healing and reparenting. Step three is building self-love, higher self, really stepping into your power. So breaking down healing is actually those three kind of steps. And after that, you're freaking good to go. You know, nothing's stopping you now. So I hope that really helps breaking it down. I know it's quite a complex kind of subject and we're seeing that word everywhere now, but I want to read to kind of share actually why it is and what it is and, you know, how we can really move forward with it. So. Mm. no you explained it so well so 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 clear because I've even had like friends say to me before that you know interpersonal development and healing and all this stuff been like what the hell how do I heal my inner child why is everyone on Instagram talking about this I don't even know what to do and even with that you get frustrated and you think right fuck it I'm just not going to do it then I don't even know what's going on and you just walk away when so yeah hearing you explain that it's so clear and will have you know made sense to so many people listening right now especially the stuff about like the subconscious mind and um because we have covered that a lot on our podcast that our audience will really understand what you were saying from from there so thank you for explaining that um we would love to talk as well about your like healing circles. So obviously we are coming to your one on Monday, which is inner child as well, which um, yeah, we're so excited. Can't wait to, I feel like I'm, I'm probably going to cry the whole way. Cause I mean, yeah. like you making me emotional, even in this interview. Um, but I would love to hear, obviously you do a lot of work with clients one-to-one, but what, what, why did you see it was important to hold these healing circles as well? What is the, um, power of pulling together a community in that way to do group healing and um, you know what what where is it stem from and why is that important for you to facilitate for people as well yeah amazing so when I came to begin to wanting to share the healing circle we put it out there it was from the main pattern that I saw in every single one of my clients was I'm lonely on my healing journey I don't know anyone talking about this stuff I don't know anyone going through this And it can really feel overwhelming when you're healing and you're feeling that, like, I don't know who to go or where to go or where to turn to. So that was my main first thing. I was like, right, okay, 
how can I kind of put it together that all these individuals can then be in a place where they don't feel so alone, that they actually hear other people's stories and like, wow, I'm going through that too. And I can relate to that. And that's me. And oh my goodness, it's not just me. I'm not the only one in the world going through my trauma, my pain or suffering. So healing in community is so powerful because we're able to feel safe, held, seen and witnessed by the people around us. And it really is that relatability. It's really about just the understanding other people have been through something similar to what I've been through too. Oh, okay, it's not just me. Because healing can sometimes, you can have these thoughts, I'm the only one that's been through this, is anyone else in the whole world experiencing this? And healing allows in community that real power. Also as well, I wanted it to be a safe introductory space for people. Actually embarking on a one-to-one journey is very, very, very important, but it can be super scary. You know, not everyone is ready to just discover healing for five minutes and go straight to working one-to-one with someone. It takes trust and safety within your own self to say, hey, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to commit to this. And sometimes we just need introduction to things. Otherwise, the unknown in the mind, the mind hates the unknown. It can seem like a bit too much. So I also hold these spaces to share and teach about these incredible topics and parts of healing. So people are like, oh, that makes more sense. And, oh, okay, that's not so scary. Oh, I think I can do this now. You know, and you start building confidence and trust within yourself. You know, I have people that just come to the healing circles. You know, they can do the one-to-one, but they actually say, I prefer working in groups. Some people don't like working in group and prefer one-to-one. So just gave that, that different area. And it really is just amazing. It's just a, such a magical two hours. So we go through the knowledge and the wisdom. So I always say, bring your journals, take loads of notes. We go through journal exercises and always the deep healing meditation. And I'll do some energy healing at the end as well. So we just really have a whole combination of experiencing these healing techniques and modalities wrapped into one without having to even leave your home, you know, without having to commute somewhere far away. And also as well with healing, you can feel quite sensitive and, and tender after. And there's like nothing worse than like getting on a busy tube after like doing a big like inner child healing. It's just like when you can just be at home, <laughs> you come home, your own home, your pajamas, it's like the best thing. So I love them so much. We've covered so many topics. Oh my goodness, I've covered everything. We've looked into topics in healing such as divine feminine masculine. Then we've looked into Ayurveda, obviously inner child, emotions. We've looked into ancestral healing. We've even covered things such as pregnancy loss abortion like all these big topics in healing that are quite taboo people don't want to speak about because they're scared but luckily I'm not scared of any of them so I'm able to share and hold a safe space and really empower that healing for so many women it's beautiful so many women I've worked with whether it's healing circles one-to-one they are now going on to train to become coaches practitioners themselves and it just makes me so freaking happy because I truly believe if you have an interest in this like you're here to help others like there is not enough people mm-hmm. actually helping people. Like we need it. The world is very sick. And that's just the truth. Like our minds are sick. And this is what creates the sickness is the mental health. It's the mind. We can understand how to heal the mind and heal the trauma. We can create something new in this world. And I pray for that, that we are all able to heal ourselves. We can help others and just really create something different. Because again, generationally, we're in a different time. The generations above us that may have passed on the trauma can't freaking blame them they didn't know they were just doing what they had done to them and they passed it down with zero awareness you don't actually are not conscious of what you're doing that's a sad thing even abusers are hardly conscious it's it's a whole other layer in itself but what we are able to do as our generation which is so phenomenal is that we actually have access to podcasts like yours you know information tools 
specialists online sharing their specialist expertise, knowledge and wisdom. That's never happened in history before. And we have access to it every day. Mm. And we need to utilize that and not feel disempowered or victimized saying, why me? Saying, okay, I have the privilege, access to heal and transform. I'm going to change this and create something different. So, you know, praise be our children's children. They could live in a different world than what we've experienced. So, yeah, Healing Circles are amazing. I just love seeing new faces as well. It just makes me so happy. And, yeah, it just makes healing less scary, a bit more fun, and just way more empowering than feeling disheartened and not really knowing what you're doing, where you're going. It's really, I'm always super clear, super concise, and so many friendships are made out of it as well, which is beautiful. So, yeah, I love the circles. Wow, it's amazing. Um, yeah, the work you're doing is just creating such ripple effects of healing like you can just see that and I, I'm so excited for that healing circle on Monday I literally can't wait um but maybe just to kind of like finish off I wanted to ask you because I feel like you just have the most incredible advice and you touched on there how like when people can be in their wounded inner child and you know how people can become addicted to the pain and like I said we don't know the unknown and they get stuck in the unknown and they can't almost see the other side they can't see the light they can't see a life without suffering what would be your advice to someone that might have actually listened to this podcast heard you speak and been really touched and thought I want to step towards the light but I'm so scared like I can't see it yet what would be your advice to someone just to step into that light like to let go of the pain and let go of the known and just walk into something new yeah oh beautiful again this question is amazing first step is I just want to tell that person that's all that's listening is that you are safe you are safe now there is no single part of healing that will ever take you down, ever. Like when you go through healing, you need to remember as an internal experience, your room will be exactly the same. You'll be in the same outfit that you started your healing moment in. You'll be in the same surroundings. Like your environment is so safe around you. You are safe. You're so safe. And this is what we fear the most is something bad is going to happen. We feel unsafe. We feel out of control. So first thing is telling yourself, I am safe. I'm safe in my body. I am safe to heal. The next step is the thing that we are most afraid of as humans is the feeling. What is the feeling? It's our emotions. Okay, what are emotions? Break it down. They are just what we call energy emotion. Emotions are chemical reactions in your body in response to your thoughts. These emotions run on a different vibrational scale. Emotions such as love, excitement, joy, gratitude, they make us feel really good. So we get pleasurable sensations in our physical body that we like. So we like gearing to things that feel comfortable, joyful and happy. On the other end of the scale, we have emotions such as fear, sadness, anger, grief. And these are not bad. And your good emotions are not good, actually. They just create different sensations in the body. So your bad, quote unquote, emotions they just create sensations in the body that feel really uncomfortable. Sometimes thoughts come with that, etc. It's scientifically proven that an emotion does not last longer than 90 seconds. But because we suppress our emotions and we get so scared that unknown is way too much, we stuff them down, we hide them down, that emotion then stays in your body. That emotion creates mental health imbalance. That emotion creates physical disease. That emotion creates chronic disease. And then we go to the doctors and we don't know why can't find anything I've had people come to me with MRI scans and the doctors can't find anything and we heal their trauma we heal their physical pain because we unlock that emotion so if we've come back to the beginning okay my emotion that's super uncomfortable actually only lasts 90 seconds can I put a timer on my phone for 90 seconds can I sit in a comfortable position light some candles put some beautiful incense maybe dim the lights a bit wear my favorite cozy jumper and get a cozy blanket and just for 90 seconds 
I'll give myself permission to fully feel. I might cry, I might need to scream into a pillow, I might need to shout, but when that 90 seconds is up, I'll give my permission to come back and close down. Okay, Oof, we can do that. And let's try the next time, maybe a two minute timer. And then a five minute, so I can really give myself time to properly cry so it can all come out. So don't need to think, you need to go through this, it's not gonna drag out. Like your healing uncomfortable moments may last five minutes, not the emotion itself, but processing, reflecting, wow, okay. You know, always different things come with it. So giving yourself that time to feel, practicing with just 90 seconds. And then thirdly as well is healing needs aftercare. So the aftercare of when we're healing is that whenever you felt something uncomfortable, what we get really afraid of is that one, we don't know how to feel, we're afraid of the feeling, and two, we feel we're going to lose control after and feel that loneliness of when we were a child and no one ever was there for us when we were crying or told us to stop crying or told us to stop being emotional. So we fear this void on the other side of it, of what's it going to be? I'm going to get depressed. I have to take time off work. We fear actually that what's going to happen after, but number one healing rule is after you've ever gone through a feeling, felt an emotion, felt something uncomfortable, you practice self-care after, which can mean had the emotional expression and release, you've gone through all those layers, you're feeling a bit calm now, a lightness enters your body, that initial darkness has begun to fade, you feel a lightness, a, a different feeling that feels good come through, you give yourself a hug, what I call the self-love hug, you just wrap your arms around yourself, and you tell yourself, I'm so proud of myself for feeling right now. I did so well. That was amazing. You tell your inner child, well done for feeling your emotions. You're so powerful. I love you. I can do this. And you create the unknown into the known that you know exactly when you're going to feel something, you're going to be meet on the other side with self-love, self-care, loving affirmations. We then change the senses as well. You take a sip of a drink that has a taste like a tea. You then smell an essential oil. You start changing your senses and your state around you to then switch back into safety mode. You don't just go on and drag it out for the rest of the week because you don't know how to look after yourself after. You seal it up. It's almost like putting a bow on a box and saying, okay, I felt the thing inside the box. Let's put the lid back on, seal it with a bow for myself over the end and I can just move on with my day. So this thing called healing bounce back is where instead of just pain going on and on and on for hours, is that your bounce back gets so much quicker because you self-soothe after, you parent that child. Remember, it's the child that's scared to feel because no one ever taught it how. So really just breaking it down. You're safe, you're safe to feel, your emotion is very temporary, you're strong and powerful, you can heal it. And then just always love yourself after, have a good journal, have a bath, treat yourself, do something amazing, call a friend, tell them you what you just did and be proud of yourself, you know? We build confidence and resilience and then we're really able to just do it like second nature. You know, it's really kind of as simple as that, really. It doesn't need an algebra form, it's just a few things, you know. Feel it and then love yourself after, really. And have faith as well. You're okay, you've already survived the worst. Nothing more worse can happen, you know. You've already been through your darkest fucking days. What's going to happen in your safe room now when you're feeling that uncomfortable emotion? You've already lived. It's not even new. That emotion is old, right? It's been in your body this whole time. What's more painful is you continue to carry it around every day, dragging you down, making you feel like shit. Feel it temporarily, cleanse it, heal it, and then move on. It's just that powerful and also that simple. So hope that person listening can really write down those things, action it, and yeah, feel so much better for it. So yeah. <laughs>
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm sure they can. <laughs> I love that um, concept of the aftercare of mm. healing because mm. it's so true. You do feel when you go back in to revisit like all oh, those trapped emotions or painful memories from the past that you normally never look at. You do feel really tender afterwards. Like you just need to take it slow and just sort of like, yeah, you can't just like switch back into straight away. So um, that's really great advice. Um, so just to finish off, we'd love to know you, you're full of like wisdom and thoughts. You've said so many things that like sparked my curiosity, this whole conversation, but what is like one of the most sort of maybe profound quote or teaching or philosophy? I know like Ayurveda's changed your life and things like that, but what is there like one little nugget that's really, it means something to you that has really impacted you that you can share with everyone? Mm. oh this is so beautiful I think I've tried this one before but it always just comes through to me it's so simple but it's the quote that says wherever you go there you are and it's this understanding that Mm. even if you're in the present moment your pain from the past is still there if you try run from it you try shopping it away sleeping it away eating it away whatever it may be is that it's still there with you you can try travel across the world to run away from yourself You can try to get lost in relationships and jobs and certifications or other people's drama and chaos, but you're still just running from yourself. So wherever you go, there you are. Meet yourself right here in the present moment. Accept where you're at. Love that version of you and heal. So you're not constantly running away from yourself because this is what society is doing. We are just constantly running, 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 running so far away from ourselves. But wherever you go, there you are. So healing allows us to accept where we are and then be happy where we are also, you know, not needing to constantly run from ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we have it, you know, in our modern world, there's so many positives and benefits, but there's also a lot that's constantly distracting ourselves from ourselves, constantly taking us away from being with ourselves. You know, whether it's what we see on the news every day, consumerism. I love Instagram so much, but God, there is some shit on there that is constantly brainwashing you. You're not enough. You're not good enough. Buy this, do that, you know, whatever it may be. And, it, you know, to a certain extent, it's, there's balance with it, but there's this constant message that's saying, come away from where you are. Stop being where you are. Distract from yourself. Disconnect from yourself. So that is one that just hits home for me because I spent my whole life running from myself and having to accept where I was and face my own healing was when that began to heal. And I was like, wow here I am and I love this version of me now and I'm so proud to be this person today so that's a powerful one because it's more of collectively that's what everyone is going through right so yeah Mm. that that comes to mind amazing (laughs) that was so good I think honestly it's been one of my favorite interviews taking away so much from it thank you so so much for joining us here today and um, I'm sure many people listening will want to learn more about you, join your healing circles and do once ones as well. So where can our listeners find you? Yeah, amazing. So you can find me on Instagram at Karina Tala or my website is karinatala.com. So www.karinatala.com. And you, you just DM me or through my website online, you can go through the online booking platform where you can book in for a free discovery call, just a quick 15 minute chat just to see where you're at on your journey. Some people are ready to start their journey straight away. Some people are like, actually need a bit of time, but maybe they'll start at the end of the year, things like that. So don't feel kind of scared or kind of worried to reach out, even just for a discovery call where we just get to have a chat and really go from there. You know, I'm just so passionate about getting us women out of our suffering in our minds. So we can, like I said, just 
be our highest self, live our best lives and just have fun and enjoy our lives and not be in that suffering. So yeah, don't be afraid to DM me or just whatever it is. I'm always super active on there. I love talking to you guys. So yeah, super easy to get in contact with me. Amazing. Well, we'll leave the link to your website and your Instagram in the show notes. Everyone can easily come and find you. But thank you so much for everything you've shared with us today. Your story and all your advice is like so invaluable. Um, We really appreciate your time and you coming on and sharing everything. So thank you. You're welcome, my love. Thank you for having me. It's been so beautiful and we'll connect more in the future as well, for sure. Wow, what a conversation. I'm sure you guys are as blown away, as moved as we are. So many light bulb moments during that chat, even for ourselves. And as you heard, like we got emotional during the conversation as well. I think just hearing her talk about healing in such a way is so empowering for everyone. It's just validating even for yourself just to hear that now, just to know that like you're worth it. You deserve healing. You deserve happiness. You deserve love, like giving yourself love and self-care. Um, so I really hope that you guys were as moved as we are and check out Karina on Instagram, check out her website, come to her healing circles. You know, if you're not ready to invest in like one-to-one coaching, these healing circles are really affordable. Um, we've left a link for everything to do with her services in the show notes that you can all get involved with her. Yeah, it really was one of my favorite episodes. So I really hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did, but thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye.